Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. This is a really fun series. I'm excited about it. Today, we're going to talk about God uh, doing more miracles in our life or making room for miracles. Remember, uh, it's all about us increasing our capacity on the inside for God to do what only God can do. And miracles can happen in your finances. They can happen in relationships. You're like, I can't believe God fixed this relationship, right? Uh, They can happen in your body. So we want to talk about that today. And I thought we should all get on the same page, make sure we understand what a miracle is. And here's what the Bible says about a miracle. A miracle is when God intervenes and there is no earthly explanation other than this had to be God. And we have all had some incredible miracles in our life. So I had a couple I was going to share that happened. You know, God used me to help other people. I had, I've had some happen in my life. And then last week, or two weeks ago, I was talking with one of our newer members. They've been here about five months. And they told me a, a healing story, a miracle story that was so incredible. I asked them if I could record it and just show it at this time. So we sat last week and we recorded it. So let's enjoy it. I'll come right back. Hi, Believers Church. I'm sitting here with Eddie White, and he shared an incredible testimony with me, and I want you to hear that testimony today. But before we go any further, Eddie, tell us a little bit about you, your family. Yeah. So I'm a counselor at Preferred Care Counseling. Um, I'm married to my beautiful wife, Kate. She's the director at the Warren Family Mission, so she runs the whole show. Uh, We have three beautiful kids and one on the way, so we will have four total. Wow. Yes. That's amazing. So let's hear your story. So earlier this year, um, I was sent for some routine blood work. Uh, I wasn't thinking much of it. You know, it was just a routine thing. And they had discovered through the blood work that I had uh, elevated levels of what was called bilirubin, which was uh, it's an enzyme in your liver that basically shows the functioning of it. So there was the elevated levels and the doctor had, you know, it caught his attention and he had requested that we look into it. And um, me being someone that has always struggled with health anxiety, you know, this this got me in a state of panic quick, you know, fear struck. And I found myself assuming the worst while trying to believe. Um, so long, long story short, you know, it was confirmed that I had hepatitis C and hearing that news was devastating. Um, and at first it was, it was panic, you know, it was trying to trust. I, I relate with the man in the Bible where he told Jesus, you know, uh, I believe, but help my unbelief. And, you know, I was in that state and I was trying to hold on to faith while trying to make sense of this whole thing. So I got into God's word and I began to go to, you know, the key verses, Isaiah 53, 5, you know, by his wounds, we are healed. And I claim that every day. Um, at work, if I had a break, I would close the door, get on my hands and knees and just just cry out to him, you know, claiming these scriptures, reading these scriptures. And, uh, and I found that my prayers started to turn into praises and I started to praise him for what he was going to do. I can't really explain it, but you know, I felt and I knew in my heart that God was gonna take care of this. And um, that was confirmed to me. Uh, I came here for a service and Pastor Rick Fritz was preaching on uh, miracles and God doing miracles and I was touched by the message something he said stood out to me and it was you know how God is not moved by a need but he's moved by faith and he's moved by 
us speaking, you know, the truth and believing it. And that just stuck with me. So I went, you know, back to my routine, just continuing to claim God's word and claim God's word. And um, so it was all set up for me to, to look into getting treatment. And when we went, they were gonna do uh, an additional test to confirm that the hepatitis C was there and, you know, to begin treatment. And, um, and I, I told everybody that I spoke with that it's not gonna be there. I believe, you know, that, that God's gonna take care of this. And uh, lo and behold, you know, we go and we get the test and it was gone. And I remember that day I drove to my wife's work and I'm just bawling in her office and we're praising God together and just so excited. But, you know, there was more to the story because the Billy Rubin levels were high and that didn't make sense to them. So I went back and, and they said they wanted to test the levels again to make sure or to see what was going on. And I told the doctor, I said, well, I know what happened. I said, God took it away from me, you know, and him being medically minded, you know, just kind of shrug it off. And he said, okay. And, uh, and we went and got the, the, the test for the Billy Rubin levels. And when we got it back, it was perfect. Yeah, and, and in his office, you know, I came back for the, I guess just the wrap up of everything. And he kind of looked at me and he said that he'd been practicing for over 30 years. And he said, never in his uh, career in this field has he ever seen anything like this. And, uh, and I, again, reiterated, you know, I said something along the lines of, that's what God can do. And, uh, and he said, you know, I don't consider myself a believer. He said, but this is a step in the right direction to awesome. open my eyes yes and I thought that was just amazing to see what God did yeah so the reason I wanted you to share this is because that's a miracle yeah and the doctor confirmed it and church can we thank God for what he did in Eddie's life and just give it up at this time maybe you're listening right now and maybe you prayed and God didn't show up and maybe someone you love prayed and God didn't show up and I know that's happened in my life, and it can be discouraging, right? And when I was a younger guy, I tried to figure out what went wrong, and now I don't even try to figure out. But there is something I do, and I want to encourage you to do it. And if you've been at Believers any length of time, you, uh, you have heard me say this, but I look at all the promises in the Bible, whether for your finances, your health, relationships. Uh, there's over 3,000 of them that God's made to us. I look at them as the stars, and I like to say, let's shoot for the stars, guys. If we hit the moon, which is way lower than the stars, our feet are still way above the ground, right? So let's, let's shoot for everything. And then I, I love to use the example of a professional uh, baseball player. And if, whether you follow, follow baseball or not, you can understand this. Uh, a professional baseball player, if they're really good, if they're all-stars, their batting average is around 300. It could be 280, 290, 310. Uh, but it's right around that 300 mark. They're considered the best of the best. And what 300 batting average means is 30% uh, of the time they get on base. And 70% of the time, they either strike out, they're tagged out, they fly out, they don't get on base. And I love that example because here's what I've learned about professional baseball players. Even though they strike out at best 70% of the time, uh, they keep going back to home plate and they keep swinging. And so I want us to be a group of people that no matter what's gone on in our life, and it can be discouraging, I want us to be the group of people that no matter what's happening in our life, we're going to keep going back to home plate and we're going to keep swinging. We're going to keep believing and striving and reaching for the stars of God, the promises in our life. And so uh, I, I have a big idea for this lesson. This is what I want us 
to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. And it just goes like this. As long as there is a God, there can be miracles. As long as there's a God, there can be miracles in our life because God is the miracle maker. And as long as there's a God, there can be a miracle in each and every one of our lives. And uh, there's a cool story in the Bible, and I want to read the verse to you right here, and it goes like this. Uh, it's Matthew 19, 26. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So he's looking at his disciples, and here's what happened. Jesus spoke to this rich young ruler. He came up to Jesus. This means he's super, super rich. And uh, he said to Jesus, what do I have to do to go to heaven? So Jesus gave him the answers for if you're under the law of Moses. And this rich guy said, I've done them all. Jesus says, well, bravo. I'm happy for you. But then Jesus said, I want you to do one more thing. I'd like you to be one of my disciples. Go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and follow me. The Bible says... He walked away sad and just said, I can't do that. Then Jesus said this, how difficult it is for super wealthy people to make it into heaven. And his disciples looked and said, well, then who can make it into heaven? And, and Jesus said, well, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And we're going to emphasize the word all in a moment. But first, let's just emphasize the first part of this. What he's saying is, I don't care how hard hard a human heart is. I don't care where anybody is, if they're into a false religion, uh, if they don't want anything to do with God. He's saying, I can miraculously penetrate any heart. And with me, I can get into any heart. I can bring anyone to believe in Christ. And I think that's encouraging, especially if we think of some of our loved ones, our relatives, our friends, that it seems like they don't just want to hear about Jesus. Guys, it's never too late and it's not impossible with God. But he went on to say this, with God, all things are possible. And he expanded this, took it out of the context, and he said, if there's a God, there can be a miracle. And that's what we want to talk about today. I want you to walk out expecting more miracles in your life. And recently, I was talking to a member of our church who's in a wheelchair. And, uh, and, and you guys know how I teach. You, you know that I'm not pushing anything on anybody. Uh, but he, he was in an accident, so he wasn't born that way, and he had a, injured his spine. So he's been in a wheelchair, I think, for about 15 years. And we, we got together, and we were talking, and uh, I just asked him the question, how are you doing? And, and he said, I'm still believing God for a miracle. And here's what he knew. He knew he needed a creative miracle, right? It's, uh, that, that's, that's a creative miracle, and that's as the Spirit wills. But he looked at me and said, you know what? I'm going to just, I'm just continuing to thank God and believe God. And I loved his attitude. He's like, I'm going to keep shooting for the stars. I don't care what happens. I'm going to shoot for the stars. And I like that. I think that's how each and every one of us should be. Uh, we used to have a preacher in, and uh, his finger, this finger was cut off. And so his pointer finger, and, uh, and he was really funny. But he told me one day, because he preached healing a lot, that someone came up to him and said, hey, if, if God really heals, why don't he grow your finger out? And he's funny. So he said, you know, I kind of got used to it. I don't want it grown out uh, this way. So he cracked a joke. But, you know, that takes a creative miracle, right? But guys, that's, we can believe God for those two. But we're talking about, you know, believing God to do things in our body, in our health, in our relationships. Guys, we're just expecting God to do amazing things. So that's what we want to talk about today. And... Uh, 
I came up with two things we need to do, and it's always by the grace of God. The first thing is a switch, and I think we all know how switches on the wall work, right? There's this incredible power, and it comes to the switch, and if the switch isn't on, it stops. And so whatever's on the other side, the lights, an appliance, as long as the switch is off, it just sits there. And that's how the miracle power of God is. It's kind of switching there, just sitting there. And, and God encourages us, well, turn the switch so it can come into your life. And that's something we do by the grace of God. But I just want to talk about that for a moment, turning the switch on. And I like to say it this way. We make room for miracles by expecting miracles. And there's just something about expecting or desiring God to do something. And there's a cool scripture in the Bible. It's in 1 Corinthians 14. We'll read it in a moment. But in chapter 12, the Bible talks about the nine gifts of the Spirit. Very supernatural. Verse 13, he says, or chapter 13, he says, now make sure you walk in love. That's the most important thing. Someday when all the supernatural is needed and we're in heaven, he says, uh, faith, hope, and love will still exist. He says, love's the most important out of those three. And then in chapter 14, he begins, he's still talking about the gifts of the Spirit. He begins with this in the first verse. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy, which is one of the most common. But think about it. He just taught us about them. You don't even have to know what they are. You don't have to know the definitions. And then he talked about make sure you walk in love because that's the most important thing we can do. People need us to love them and show them the love of God. But then in verse 1, chapter 14, he says, you need to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. So whenever God says something like that, that means that if we don't do that, and we have to do it by the grace of God. We're probably not going to see a whole lot of gifts work in our life. That's the switch. And what's interesting about this word, eagerly desire, it's used in other places in the Bible. And you know how it's used in other places in the Bible? It's translated as lust. And if it's a negative verse, it's translated as lust. If it's a positive verse, it's eagerly desire. We all know how lust works, right? I was driving by Dairy Queen the other day. And uh, my favorite thing at Dairy Queen is a large vanilla chocolate cone dipped or vanilla cone, uh, dipped in chocolate, right? My favorite thing. And I was driving by, and I hadn't been there for over a year, and I saw Dairy Queen, and I had a thought, man, that would be good. But thankfully, I was too late, and, uh, and I didn't want to turn around. But you know, that thought stayed with me all day long, and it was just a nagging thought. You should go get a cone. You should go get a cone. You should go get a cone. That's eagerly desiring, guys. And God says, I want that to be happening in your life where it's just something you are longing for. And I want to ask you a quick question. What are you longing for God to do in your life with the gifts or with the promises of God? Are you longing for God to do these things in your life? Because it just makes them happen. So one of the gifts of the Spirit I, 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 I seem to flow in often. It's like I, I know by now at this age that it's one of the ones the Holy Spirit uses me with would be the word of wisdom. And uh, it's an amazing gift. And when I was a younger preacher, I would say, thus saith the Lord. I wanted everybody to know, I'm about ready to operate in the gifts. And, and uh, now I don't say, thus saith the Lord. And I could be talking with someone one-on-one, -on -one, and, and, and I, I hear it, I see it, I see what I need to say to them, and I just speak it into their lives. I don't tell them what it is, but you can tell by their body language, it was God. You can just see it release inside of them. And I have had that flow because I desired it. And then I would become lazy or I'd just forget and I wouldn't be desiring it. And it would just kind of shut off. And then one day I'd think, 
I haven't flowed in that in a long time. And then I remember this first. I need to eagerly desire it. And I began to eagerly desire it again. It's not my works. It's by the grace of God. But I have to turn that switch on. And lo and behold, it begins to work again. So I want to encourage you to desire miracles in your life. Find out what God's promised. Let God know I want that to happen in my life. And there is a Bible story that is so cool. It paints a picture for our expectancy, our desire. And it has to do with a woman who became a widow. And she's young. Her husband was young, but he died unexpectedly. And he was in the school of the prophets, and Elisha was running it at the time. And so when he died, they had a big debt. They were making the monthly payments, but she lost her income. And the debtors came, and they were allowed to do this in Bible day. They said, we're going to take your two boys, and we're going to make them work the debt off. And we don't know if it was going to be a year, two years, five years. It seemed like a long time because she became very distraught. And uh, so she's thinking, I just lost my husband. Now I'm going to lose my two boys. So she goes to Elisha, the prophet, and she tells him the little story. They're going to take everything I have, and they're going to take my boys to work it off. And so he asked her this question. He says, what do you have? That's this big question. She said, well, I have this really tiny cruise of oil, and it just has this much oil, and that's all I have, and that much oil is not worth a whole lot. And that's what he asked her. And then he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you and your boys to knock on all your neighbor's doors and say, we want some empty big jars. And then the King James says, don't get just a few. I used to love that. Don't get just a few. Other translations say, get a bunch of them. So he's telling her, man, get all you can get. So she does it. And here's how the story works, guys. Second uh, Kings chapter four, verse five, she left him, shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. So that means a miracle happened. Can you imagine the first jar? She pours a little cruise, she pours and it doesn't disappear and it fills up an entire jar. She's like, give me the next one. She's pouring. It's like, she had to become happier and happier as the time went on. Like, give me the next one. Give me the next one. And let's say she, she had 10 of them, right? And her boy said, let us go get more. She said, 10's plenty, boys. It's like, that's all I can expect God to do, right? And so uh, they stopped uh, with the jars. And so uh, it's amazing what happened. The miracles happened. The miracles happened. The miracles happening. And then listen to the next verse, verse 6. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. And notice when the jars were gone and they were filled, when she ran out of jars, the miracle stopped. And those jars are like our expectancy, our desire, and what are we expecting God to do? So I'm sure there was a point where there were 10 of them, and her boy said, let us go get more. And she, she said, no, mom, we could get 20. Mom, we could go get 20 more, 30 more. She's like, that, that's enough. And I'm sure that's what she could expect to come out of that cruise. And when she hit the limit, it stopped flowing. And I think that happens in all of our lives, whether it's the gifts of the Spirit, miracles. It's like, Wherever our expectancy is, however many empty jars we have, that's how far the miracle can go. So I want to encourage us to increase the amount of jars in our life, right? Last week, I used uh, plants and pots for plants. Increase that capacity in our life. And what are we expecting God to do? So she goes to the prophet. She says, the oil stopped. And he said, well, you, you would only fill the jars you, you got. But he said, go sell them all. He said, take the profit, pay off your debt, and live off the rest. And she was able to do it. So it paid off her entire debt. But guys, I, I get to thinking, what if she had 
double that or triple that. She would have been able to give to the poor. She would have been able to help other people. She would have been able to live at a higher level. And so I'm just encouraging you, man, let's not just listen to someone else's testimony. Let's find out what God's promised in every area of our life, over 3,000 of them, and let's begin to expect to desire those promises. And here's the second thing we need to do. We, we make room for miracles by connecting with the promise. And that word connecting, I changed it on my PowerPoint, I think, three times. I kept sending it back uh, to Michaela, who does my PowerPoint, and I kept saying, let's, let's change it to the word. Let's change it to this word. And I just wasn't happy. Connect, connect made me happier. And uh, all it is is a point of contact. That's all it means, is you have to have a point of contact. There has to be a, t- a time where you see a promise and you pray for it yourself, or you come up after service, whether in Boardman or here or TCI, and you ask one of our elders to pray over you. There has to be a point of contact. Or like Eddie did, um, you, you take the promise and you just keep thanking God for it. There has to be a point of contact in your life where you say, that's my point of contact. And it's fascinating when we study the Bible and we watch how this point of contact works. So think about this. We'll talk about Mary, who gave birth to Jesus, right, the Messiah. And she was about 16, the experts tell us. So here she is, 16 years old. She was engaged to Joseph, and an angel comes. And can you imagine that, you know, they're 12 feet tall or so, they're glowing, and they just end up in your room. There's no door that was open. And the angel says, Mary, blessed are you among women. Can you imagine that happening to us today? If I was in my room and an angel came in and said, Joe, blessed are you amongst men, I say, you've got the wrong Joe, right? So that's got to be another Joe because I don't think that word and me go together, right? But she had to be shocked. And then he went on to tell her, you're going to give birth to the Messiah. The God who always existed is going to come inside you, and you're going to give birth to him as a baby. And it had to blow her mind. But she also knew this. Socially, she was going to be rejected. She knew Joseph would divorce her because, you know, she goes to her boyfriend and said, I'm pregnant, but it's by the Lord. He's going to say, yeah, right, right? It's like, no way. Uh, But this was the one time only that that happened, right? And so uh, she knew she was going to have all kind of social impact implications that come with it. But I love how she responded. Guys, listen to how she responded. She made a connection. Luke 138. Then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. There has to be that moment in our life where we say, God, let it be unto me according to your word. There has to be a connection point in our life. So there's another story in the Bible. And I love this story. Um, you know, if you're newer here, uh, it has, I haven't done it for 15 years or so, but I used to have healing services. So we'd have a special night. I'd do it two or three times a year. And I would preach on healing, then I'd pray for the sick, and people would bring the sick here. And I did that for a long time. And then uh, I decided to stop it one time because we had a guest minister in, and he was really, really anointed to pray for the sick. And so he taught a little bit, and then he said, anybody wants prayer? And guys, I'm telling you, the whole room, the whole room got up for prayer. Half were on this side, half were on that side. And he prayed a little while, over a little over here, a little over there. And then I just thinking, Lord, don't have him call me. Lord, whatever he does, I don't want to go up there. Because uh, I knew people wanted him to pray, right? Not me. And uh, so he says, Joe, I'm a little tired. I'll pray for this half. You pray for that half. And I'm like, oh, no, God, you didn't answer that prayer, but I'll keep going back to the plate, right, Lord? And so uh, I go up, and uh, it's just deep, all the way to the back, tons of people. 
And the first, you know, 10 people or so, they couldn't leave and go to his line because it would be noticed. But I start praying and I noticed everybody behind the 10th person went over to his line. And that's when I said, I'm not a professional at this. We need the professional. We need an evangelist. We, we need somebody that's anointed to do that. But guys, I used to preach this all the time. And this is good preaching, uh, whether I'm anointed to pray or not, you know. And it's an amazing story. There's this woman and she has an internal blood problem. Her, she's bleeding internally. And the Bible says she became worse and worse. And I've noticed in every generation, it's still true today, there's certain things that doctors don't have the technology to heal. Isn't that true in our day? And there's certain words you don't want to hear from the doctor because they don't have the technology. Now, that problem that she had today, guys, they could, doctors, 15 minutes outpatient, they could go in and carterize whatever was bleeding and fix it. Uh, but she didn't have that technology available to her. And listen to what the Bible says in Mark 5, 25. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. All that means is some of them did experimental things on her, probably said, hey, drink this, this should work. And, and it just didn't help her at all. She suffered from some of the experimental things. But it goes on to say she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. That means she's becoming weaker. There had to be a bulge somewhere in her body where the blood was just underneath her skin, and she's weak, and she knows I'm not going to make it all that much longer. But then the Bible says this. It goes on to say, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. So let's just talk about the fact she heard. What would she have heard? If you were alive back then, what, you, what would you have heard? Uh, you would have heard stories like this. There's this guy. He says he's the Messiah. I'm not sure if he's the Messiah, but he's really anointed of God. I mean, and he's doing miracles. You know, there was this little boy that died, and they embalmed him, and they were doing a procession, and mom, mama's behind, and she's weeping. Jesus came and stopped the procession. He said, open the casket, and he said, rise up. And this little boy came up out of the casket 100% healed. And, and people are like, Whoa, that's amazing. Can you imagine that spreading? That's pretty cool. Uh, and then, oh, his best friend died, was dead for three days. And Jesus said, come forth. And he was healed. He's healing leopards. Some of the leopards lost fingers and toes, and their fingers and toes are growing back. And deaf people received their hearing, and blind people received their sight. That's what she heard. That's what she heard. She heard about it. She didn't care whether he was the son of God or not. She wasn't sure. Uh, it wasn't you know, proven yet at that time. But all she knew is this guy's healing people. So listen to what it says again. She came behind him. She snuck up on him, guys, in the crowd and touched his garments. That means that he did not pray for her. And I just want to make sure you have a picture of what's going on. I was in India many years ago now, 15, maybe, maybe 20 years now ago, and uh, I was preaching at a crusade in southern India, and there was about 10,000 people in attendance. And uh, I was in a house real close to where I was preaching, about a quarter mile from the pulpit. And I would come out to preach at night, and they would be everywhere, people. Just imagine 10,000 people. And everybody wanted to touch me, and they just came all around you. You're afraid you're going to be suffocated. And as you're walking by, everybody's just touching you. And here's what's happening, uh, and it happened in Jesus' day. They're looking at me like a rock star. This is an American preacher. We have an American preacher here, and he's going to preach. I just want to touch him, and I'll never wash my hands again. And that's what's happening with Jesus. They're looking at him. Thousands of people, the Bible says he was being thronged by thousands, and all they want to do is touch him. So remember that. 
And she's sneaking up, and the Bible says in verse 28, for she said, here's her connection, for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, verse 29, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. So she sneaks up. Jesus doesn't see her coming. She touches him, and power goes out of Jesus into her body. Just think about that. And she immediately felt it. Probably the swelling went down, but she felt the power come in, and a miracle happened. Jesus never prayed for her. She snuck up. And I love what happens next, guys. Verse 30. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself the power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? Now, Jesus was probably around 32. And back then, if you lived to 40, you lived a long life back in Bible days. And, uh, and so uh, I could see his disciples looking at each other saying, he's having a senior moment, right? I mean, thousands of people have touched him. And he says, who touched my clothes? Jesus, Jesus, look, look, you've been touched a thousand plus times. And then Jesus, here's, here's what Jesus is saying. No, 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 somebody touched me. And this one woman, well, other people were touching him at the same time. She sneaks up with all her lack of strength, and she touches him. And power doesn't go into anybody else, but it goes into her, and it heals her body. Guys, what I'm asking us is, are we connecting? Are we saying, I I desire it, and I want to receive that into my life? Listen to what happens next, verse 32. And he looked around to see her who had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. So what did she say? She said, Jesus, I was sick. I was getting sicker, and I heard you were a healer. And I said, if I can just touch your clothes, I'll be made whole. And then I snuck in, and I touched him, and then your power went into me. That's what she told him. She said, I heard you were a healer. And I said, I believe that. I desire that. But now I need a point of connection and, and I'm going to connect. And I love what Jesus says. Listen to what he says next, verse 34. The Bible says, and he said to her, daughter, your faith made you well. He didn't even pray for her. And he said, go in peace and be healed of your affliction. And I love this because what we see is she had a connection point. Like, where can I connect? And you know, as we're going through this time with really high inflation, uh, it's crazy time, right? So I, I do some things with the church. I do some things with my personal. I make a connection, right? Because the Bible made some cool promises. The Bible says, uh, my God, our God, will supply all of our needs according to his resources, not, not our resources, right? And as we're all paying more for things, the church is paying more, you're paying more, I'm paying more personally, um, there's something I do. But you know what else the Bible promises? The Bible says, give and it shall be given back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And so we're generous, I'm generous, the church is generous, majority of you are generous. So here's what I do, I have to have a connection point. So here's my connection point. And I'll pray this, four, do this about four times a week, sometimes five. I just take a moment and I say, I thank you, God, that you're the God that supplies all of my needs. I believe that. I thank you for supplying every need in the church's life, every need in Gina and I's life. And I thank you, Lord, that we're generous. The church is generous. We're generous. And I thank you, Lord God, that because we're generous, that you are going to bless us over and above our ability. You're going to press it down. You're going to shake it together, and you're going to cause blessing to come into our life. You're going to bless us above our ability. And guys, I use that with promises of God all the time because it's a connection point. I'm expecting God to do a 
miracle in your life. I'm expecting God to do miracles in my life. And so as long as there's a God, there can be a miracle. And can we just take a moment over in Boardman TCI online, chat rooms, give it up and hear and warn. Can we say, thank you, Jesus, that you're the miracle working God? Oh, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. So this is a very serious moment in the service. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Father, I did my best to teach this part of the Bible. And, and I know there's some folks that are probably discouraged and uh, they prayed and something didn't happen, Lord. So thank you for reminding us to go back to the plate, go back to the plate, go back to the plate. Keep swinging, Lord. Thank you for that, Lord. Lord, we know we do nothing without your grace. So we ask you to give us the ability, your grace, to turn the switch on, Lord, and desire and expect and grow the number of jars inside of us, Lord. And Lord, we also ask you, give us the grace to connect like this woman did, Lord, like Mary did. Lord, give us the grace to say, let it be done unto us according to your word in every area of our life. And Father, I thank you for growing all of us in this area. And I thank you, Lord God, that as long as there is a God and there is a God, there can be miracles. And I thank you, Lord, for blessing these dear people. And Lord, we just thank you for helping us even turn the switch on. And heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I believe the Holy Spirit's speaking to some hearts. He's encouraging you. Maybe he's giving you some instructions on how you can do this at a higher level. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's stay in an attitude of prayer. But maybe you're listening and you're not sure of your forever. You have to connect with Jesus for salvation too. And you're not sure of your forever. You're not sure if you were to die, if you go to heaven or hell. Maybe you're not even sure if there is a heaven, there is a hell. Maybe you're not sure there's an eternity. And I just want to take a moment and speak to you because only God can open up our eyes to eternity and to Jesus. But you know, you might've grew up in church and you know who Jesus is through Christmas and through Easter. But you might say, I'm not sure if I'll go to heaven or not, but I, I know who Jesus is. And here's what I want to say. If you've connected with Jesus, you know you're going to heaven. You just, you know it. God just makes it so real to you. So if you're in any doubt, you need to connect, right? Even if you're religious. And some of you might think, I'm not sure if God exists. I used to think he does. I'm not sure if he does. Or I don't even, I, I, I don't even believe in him at all. And I want to speak to you. This, this hopefully is your moment. The Bible says, that Jesus died for the sins of the whole world and God raised him up from the grave. The God who always existed came to earth to die and whoever calls on his name, he will save them. And here's my big question. Are you ready to connect? Are you ready to call on his name today? And if you're listening, you say, I'm ready. Would you pray with me right now? The rest of us, can we help him pray? Whether it's in Boardman here in Warren, TCI, online, just pray with us, join with us and just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained. I repent of all my sins. And this day, I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you died for the sins of the entire world. God raised you from the grave. I accept you as my Savior today. And I make a decision to follow you. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. 
The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.